What's up, wrestling fans, trading card collectors, WrestlingTradingCards.com's fans, Wrestling With Cards fans, worlds colliding. Here we are again. What's up, Tony? I saw, I felt the stumble. I felt you stumbling and you didn't fall on your face. I love it. <laughs> it might have been a work. It might have been a shoot. It might have been a work shoot. We'll never we know. We don't know. We'll never know. Uh, you got a few people know. You got to love wrestling where you can yeah. be shady and no one knows. No one knows. Right. That's right. <laughs> So today yeah. we are talking about the Fleer years. And of course, Tony is pretty much an expert on this mm. stuff. I am going to be leaning heavily on you, not because I am not a fan, because I'm definitely going to get into some stuff I like. But I just, this is a period where I wasn't really collecting as much as I was in the 90s. And then, of course, later on, like once Tops, really, that's when I started buying stuff again. Is when did, Tops you get, took... you, did you get back in like in 05, 06, 07, yes. or even later than that? Uh, both like it, okay. it was it's just kind of been a hit and miss uh, up until probably about three four years ago when i was like i just really want to dig into wrestling um I, I i would just pick up stuff here and there and the biggest reason that i did not buy a lot of the Fleer stuff is because i just could never saw it anywhere around me like it wasn't at walmart target places that i bought cards i could always and you know i could always find kind of the the older wwf product that was still laying around and then later on i could find the tna stuff but and and then the top. I think that I think that's also speaking volumes of to Fleer's distribution uh, back in those days, uh, because shortly thereafter they became they weren't a company anymore. That's why they yep. stopped because they just went out of business. Um, I just don't think that they had the same distribution rights as a Tops or even a Pacific or TriStar. Uh, in the early you know, mid 2000s, 2008, actually. Which, um, which is nuts to think that a company like Fleer that is established would not be able to outperform like TriStar. True. But did you ever find anything in stores for their other licenses that weren't sports stuff like or sports like sports stuff? Uh, some sports stuff, yes, but not so wrestling. It, it, it boggles my mind too to try to understand why a company like Fleer couldn't get their wrestling product into targets and walmarts because i don't re me personally i don't recall too often i think I, I would find every once in a while maybe i, I know I, I even found like a toys r us mm -hmm. uh but i don't remember target and walmart too much so is this one of those things that it's almost like it is now where if you're a wrestling fan you've actually got to go online or go to an lcs or go somewhere to seek out the product it's not just there to pick up like some of this other stuff is it seems like it to me. I uh, Fleer was uh, just to me. I, I always saw Fleer product, no matter what it was, whatever license they had, and uh, because there were a lot more LCSs back then, anyway. So I yeah, had like yeah. you know four or five different ones within a twenty mile radius in any direction that I could have gone to in Southern California, uh, and of course we had you know Frankenstein Collectible Show, which was kind of a you know sixty thousand yeah. square foot warehouse of all kinds of things collectible, but. Um, uh, I'm just trying to remember where I used to get my flare. I would actually order my boxes and at the and cases, you know, at the time I would order them from a local card shop, you know, a local dealer. And, and surprisingly, a non-sport specialist, not a, didn't carry any sports. So, but he carried wrestling. So he carried all the Buffy and the angels and the Xena and the Spider-Man Marvel stuff. I mean, all that crap. And then he, uh, you know, carry wrestling too as well. And I would just order my stuff from him. All right, so let's kick things off. Uh, license, was it 2000? I think it's 2001 to 2004 is what I had down. Yeah, yep. So only a three-year run. Um, I think 
this could be like the shortest run of WWE product in, as far as cards go from a licensing perspective. Would, is that is that correct? Or maybe in well, the right? I mean, the first one of WWF stuff from Tops only had two years. That's true. Oh, uh, if you don't, if if you count that as separate from them picking back up in the correct, the middle, yeah. yeah, yeah. But so that's, you know, because I mean, it's it's weird because I mentioned that because you see a lot of articles today talking about you know tops losing the license. Mm-hmm. They've had it for so many years, dating back to the eighties. They don't realize that it there was broken periods in there where they didn't have that license. Um, well, and wrestling's interesting that there's a lot of overlap with like, you know, Merlin, and classic. Yep, and. Uh, then you had a little bit of action packed and then you had comic image. Like there's so much weird overlap. I think it's just a wrestling thing, but uh, yeah. for, for a company like Fleer, I would expect a product line to run, run longer than three years. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, whatever their financial issues were, you have to go back and look, you know, you can Google it, I guess, to find out what their reasonings were, but uh, you know, whatever caused them to go out of business is, it wasn't just because like, oh, well, wrestling bankrupted us kind of thing. They still had all the other sports licenses I thought, oh, yeah, too, at the yeah. time. Uh, they were still putting out, um, uh, you know, the merging was, you know, they had the Skybox Fleer stuff. So like I said, they're still putting out, you know, some quality non-sport stuff. So I, I don't know what caused them to, uh, you know, go out of business, to be honest with you. So it's just something you have to go look up. But that three years was a good run of stuff. I mean, yep. they picked up the license uh, where comic images left off. They picked it right up. And that gray area in between comic images and, and Fleer picking up, there was supposed to be the first ever Divas release by comic images that had a promo card set, an eight card promo card set uh, that is super low circulation. To my knowledge, eight to 10 sets exist. That's it. Do you know uh, the some eight people, card promos? Do you know people that have those? I know me. That's about it. <laughs> I see what you're doing there. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm the only one that has one that, that, that I'm aware of. And for someone who was at that time, I was very much in bed with comic images. So I was on the phone with them. Ron Ferrari was my point of contact. He was the editor for all the stuff. And in, in addition to whatever the, his contact was with WWE of making sure, you know, the, the wording was correct in the back, things like that. He was in charge of making sure that the, um, uh, you know, images uh, were you know correctly aligned, all that kind of stuff. He was the one that educated me on the process of the nightmare that goes through putting a card set together of uh, you know from start to finish, not only from uh, the concept to imaging to design to uh, the wordings like that to actual impacts and release. But um, but he, I didn't even know this diva set existed until I saw it in some kind of a price guide called. Uh, gummy guide, the gummy official non-sport gummy guide that was out of the UK. And uh, it mentioned these promo cards that I said, there's no, that, that, that's gotta be fake. There's no such thing. I would have known about this. I called up uh, Ron. He's like, oh yeah, we were supposed to do, but we made a, a limited number of sets before like, eh, stop. We're not, we're not, we're, we're done. We're, you know, whatever the case may be from the licensing. Mm-hmm. Right. He's like, we have one set in house. I'll scan it. Cause you're a big fan. So we have it for archiving purposes. You can have a set. <laughs> Like, wow, thank you, Ron. Um, so it went from that, and then Fleer comes into the picture and puts out their first thing, which was the WrestleMania set. Yeah, so you want to just jump into kind of the releases. Um, we'll get into our favorites and kind of some other stuff, but if you just want to give people, uh, like, a, I guess, history lesson in Fleer releases and kind of what they were able to do and anything well, that stands out from a creative perspective. I mean, they, they, they did some cool things. You're talking still early years of wrestling cards uh in the modern era so you're still talking about 
you know, Tops did it with WWF stuff at the time or WCW stuff at the time with obviously having on-card autographs that we all know and love. And, and we've talked about that has become like the modern, you know, yeah. grail set to have. And then that embossed set introduced for the first time in wrestling, introduced for the first time uh, event worn memorabilia, a relic car for that Hogan stuff. Then Comic Images kind of took that and did the same thing with, uh, you know, their No Mercy set and had, you know, those uh, swatch cards and, of course, scattered autographs in the releases as well. Um, and then, uh, you know, Flair gets a hold of it and kind of takes it to the next level with adding, uh, you know, autographs, uh, kiss cards, you know, lip think, print cards, you know. I think next level may be an understatement to the the, the thing that they, they, they they've went above and beyond. For totally 100 i mean so in 2001 they put out you know uh uh they put out wrestlemania they put out uh raw is war set um uh, they put out um uh the ultimate diva collection which became the first women's dedicated to women's wrestling kind of thing the D ultimate diva collection which by the way ends up across all those releases becomes like my least favorite set that uh flair put out um the chase were okay it audit, you know, offered uh, you know autographs, on-card autographs, which was another thing about them. It was all on-card. Yeah. It was all on-card autographs. There were no stickers with Fleer. It was great. Um, you know, they put out um, even Fleer was different because it, it went beyond just buying a box, a hobby box or a retail box, which they offered both of that. Um, they went around and put things like, oh, WWE Magazine. Oh, we're going to put trading cards inside WWE Magazine, too, of all the Diva stuff. They had a Diva Magazine set. Um, now were those magazine cards or were they like actual cards that were inserted into the magazine in like a cellophane or something? No, they were actually, uh, on a nine card, uh, just like the, okay. uh, the, the 80, 85, you know, WWF mm -hmm. stuff, um, or, you know, wrestling stuff, the same thing. They're perforated. You had to tear them out like gotcha. the wrestling magazines. Um, and they had like, they were smart about it. They put like same cover of like, I believe it was Lita on the cover. So I got some beach scene, you know, it was like all the diva magazine, all these risque hot stuff. Cause you know, it's, they were still coming out of the attitude era yeah. and going in the aggression era and would have like these, like, you know, divas and hedonism kind of stuff and like that. And they put out uh, uh, like Lita would be on the cover, but the cover would say one of three, nine card sets. You had to collect three of, of those magazines yeah. to get all three of them and go and find them. So that was cool. Right. Uh, they did it twice. They did it twice. With the second time they did it, it was different covers. So you knew what you were getting kind of thing. But, you know, Fleer was doing some innovative stuff then. So, you know, that's 2001. They put out a lot of stuff just in 2001. And then you go right into 2002 and they take in, they put in like, you know, the Royal Rumble set, which become this iconic thing now because it has a great rookie, rookie yeah. card class. Uh, they had, you know, Raw versus SmackDown and everything that was separated. You know, not only they have a raw and a SmackDown, like every other card, this one was a SmackDown star. This was a raw star, SmackDown star, a raw star. But even the chase, it was raw and SmackDown, the memorabilia stuff. You know, they had a, a SmackDown memorabilia and a raw memorabilia. Um, they put out, um, Jesus, they put out, uh, what was it that year? Another Divas magazine. Uh, they put out, um, oh, they did some of the KB toys. Yeah, that's definitely one of my favorites. Uh, so they put out something with the KB toys, um, you know, basically what was that called it was um get real, was get real i remember they toys. had like um they had sayings on the back of them that i could not imagine the wrestler actually saying like quotes well, they had and... sayings on that but it was also supposed to be about like you know it'd be like you know uh, 
Tristratus uh, went to college and this is what she majored in kind of thing. I, yeah. I, so it was, it was to get real as it was, it was a, a partnership between WWF and that was in 2001. I think it came out actually between WWF KB toys. Uh, and it was supposed to be like uh, about education, stay in school kids, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so every superstar had what their, what they were kind of went to school for in college or what they did uh, in addition to like being, you know, the kick-ass talent for WWF at the time. So um, they released, what else did they release that year in 2002? They did um, Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble just like takes over everything for that year. Uh, well, they had Absolute Divas. So that was a second um, Diva uh, focus set. Um, and I like that one much better. Just um, one, it had like a more of an embossed feel on the Absolute Diva logo. And, and also keep in mind, there's a lot of parallels with their stuff, which uh, comic images didn't do. And Tops wasn't doing. There was parallel cards, so you had a yeah. parallel set. One level, that was it. So, like with their uh, WrestleMania set that came out in two thousand and one, uh, it would be stamped WrestleMania. You know, and had, had stamp on it. That was the parallel. Right. Uh, Absolute Diva would say Absolute Diva, and they call them Diva Gems. Uh, and the Absolute Diva logo on the card, instead of being in red or pink, whatever it was, would be in gold. That was the parallel card. Uh, when they did Chaos in 2003 or I think it was, whatever, uh, they had the Chaos logo would be in gold, not silver. When they did WrestleMania 20 in 2004, so I, uh, it was in gold, not in silver. That was the parallel stuff. A, t- a time of simpler parallels. Yeah, just it was one parallel. You'd yeah. get like, you know, it would take you four, five, six boxes to make a parallel set. But it was only one, you know, you could pr- you'd probably make a parallel out of a case. That's Maybe. That's pretty good. And, and it, it, would, it would spread it across the board, too. Like, it wasn't just a hobby exclusive. It was also retail. You get a parallel, too. That's and, cool. And, um, but I think people gravitate a lot towards, for the Fleer era stuff, they gravitate a lot towards, obviously, the, the Royal Rumble set. Because um, that's just got the iconic, you know, you know rookie set with Brock Lesnar, Randy yeah. Orton, uh, Cena, and uh, who else we got in there? Uh, Batista. Batista, yeah. Um. Then we, I mean, in 2003, where we had uh, Wrestling 19, we had, um, there's an aggression set they put out, mm-hmm. which was kind of cool because that card stock was a different kind of feel. It was more almost like an old uh, gray stock, you know, gray card. Uh, yeah. So it had that kind of a feel to it. Um, they had the WrestleMania 20 pay-per-view cards they put out. Just Fleer did a lot of cool things besides just putting out a box and that was it putting out a box and that's it. Or putting then, out a, a set. Like, yeah. And that was it. There mm-hmm. was that, that pay-per-view thing, which I think is a very grossly, un, and I say it a lot for a lot of things, but you know, wrestling as a whole week after week, I say the same thing. Uh, it's just um, undervalued. Uh, There's a pay-per-view set that came out uh, that led up to WrestleMania 20 that had, you had to watch X amount of number of pay-per-views send in a copy of your receipt that you paid for the pay-per-view and then you would be sent from your cable company would send you a FLIR would send you a pack of five cards from that set. So we set one, set two, set three, always. So it was eight pay-per-views you had to do. And then randomly inserted in those little packs might be a piece of the ring card. So was there ever print runs released of those specifically? There's no print runs released of any of their stuff really other than the fact if it was numbered. So you would have like, Gotcha. The war booty stuff from the raw is war set mm-hmm. would be numbered to 500. And, and that those were hand numbered by the way. Yeah. So what I had learned. And then, so I be, kind of got in bed with Fleer in the sense that I was just a normal regular customer 
who would send in redemptions because Fleer did the redemptions and things. So say that uh, there's a Triple H autograph card for the war, is booty, you know, war booty, they called it, you know, Raw's war set that Triple H never signed. Mm-hmm. So later on, you would probably get like, uh, you know, something from All Access or some other release they would send you something for, which Triple H's first official trading card was with a Fleer product. That was in the All Access off the mat graph. Yeah, that, that's an awesome card too, by the way. Which is nice because his cards... He didn't take it literally. He signed right there on the ring mat stuff right yeah. in the middle where you have a Trish Stratus was above. The RVD was above. You know, Jim Ross signed on it. Uh, Hurricane signed above. <laughs> um, it's just, it was cr- crazy. Uh, they just put a lot of cool product out there. They, they put out things that just weren't T-shirts and, and, uh, and ring mat stuff. They've had trash can cards, yeah. uh, piece of the table cards, um, folding chair cards. Uh, it was a piece of a steel chair, gold uh, medal, gold medal piece, gold medal ribbon, which yeah. I kick myself in the butt every time for getting rid of. Cause now I'm, you know, it's my PC now. Yeah. Um, uh, they had a uh, Farouk knee brace car, which was so brittle and frail. It was hard uh, that to, yeah. you know, to, to, to put in a card. It's like maybe 12 of those cards exist or something like that. That's definitely uh, one of like the grail cards for a lot of people in the hobby. A hurricane mass card. That's you know? another one. Yeah. Um, it's just uh, some really cool, innovative stuff at the time that nobody was doing and really hasn't done much since. No, and, and honestly, if you can, I know a lot of people were kind of freaking out about the fully loaded set when that came out because they were like, you know, oh, it's got a piece of a chair, a piece of a table, a piece of a, a mic. And I, I agree that stuff is cool. And I actually really liked the fully loaded set. But comparing that to the FLIR stuff, like the FLIR stuff, so much cooler. I don't know if it's the card design. I don't like, I don't, I don't know what it is, but the, the FLIR, like, that the they probably have the best relic sets of every wrestling card in history. I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. And um, here's a downside for flavorly stuff. A lot of their product they put out was very condition sensitive. If they're looking oh, at yeah. grade things like that, a lot of their product was condition sensitive. I don't know. It's just the way that company packaged their merch, their stuff. Um, I'm not sure if it's who was printing it there. What, you know, companies uh, mm-hmm. were, were printing their stuff. So you have a lot of miscut stuff sometimes. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's very condition, condition sensitive. It's why it's hard to find uh, Royal Rumble stuff, especially because that was more of a, almost a thicker embossed type of card stuff. Right. So it was, um, it's just hard. But I, I love FLIR stuff at the time. And so, you know, I, I've told this story before as a thank you for not bitching at us all the time type of thing when uh, from my rep. Uh, at FLIR, she sent me a care package when the, she knew the company was going on. She kind of rated their, 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 their vault. They used to call it the vault. She rated their vault and sent me like this little, very, I could slap her if I ever saw her, met her. <laughs> but because it's like, this is, you don't put rubber bands on this stuff like that. But uh... she, she took pack, packs. It was all Ultimate Diva collection stuff and took packs. I think, if I'm trying to remember, it's like three packs in the front, three packs in the back. And put them in and wrapped them with a rubber band around it. Uh, and then used the packs to use it as, like, as a padding and had surprised me by putting stuff in the middle of it, which I didn't know it was stuff in the middle because it just looked like it was all like packs. I took the rubber band, oh man, these bloody savages, man. I took it off like that. That's so nice of her. And I opened it and these cards kind of came out. I was like, there's a Triple H off the mat graph, a Farouk knee brace, a hurricane mask card, um, and a um the weakest of all of them it was no no and it was a it was a, a national sports convention exclusive 
Trish Stratus autograph card. Um, and it was um, like a matching set, like of like Trish, you know, sparkling thing with a big show or something like that, whatever it was. I thought, that's so awesome. She sent that. It yeah. had a little note says, thank you for never complaining and being a good customer. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And I thought, oh, it was great. So I don't think being... you'd get that from the card companies today. No, so it's, but it does. It just goes to show you being nice to the people that you never know what be nice to people, period, because mm-hmm. you never know what might come around. You know, karma can go a long way, I think. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. But, um, I mean, I can talk about FLIR stuff all day, all day long. What do you remember most about FLIR for you? Like, you say you didn't collect much. Did you collect any of it when it came out at the time? Did you? Couldn't find it. it. Couldn't find it. Never, so saw it you, never saw it anywhere. Do you own any FLIR release stuff in your collection now? Yep. It's all singles. That's that's I've gone back and bought uh, a lot of the singles. And that's actually, if you want to skip forward to some of my favorite cards, um, obviously we can't not talk about the the big four rookies in the 2002 set. The, yep. the Roy, like, um, honestly, I don't think, and this is so hard for me to go back and look at some of these because uh, I'm not a set collector. So unless it is a rookie card, it's hard for me to really get into a lot of these sets because they some of them have cool imagery. Uh, some of them have good names in there, but it's, if it's not a rookie card, uh, they don't offer a lot of cool parallels. So there's nothing for me to chase. Um, and then if they don't offer some cool relic, like it's just kind of another set. And I think there's a lot of the stuff in Fleer that is kind of that to me, but on the flip side, outside of the big rookies, again, these are the best relic cards I've ever seen. And what I like to do is go back and I go to this website that has these checklists where I can figure <laughs> out and, you know, I find out what the rookie card is. All that stuff is at this website called wrestlingtrainingcards.com. Never heard of it. Yeah. It's a new site. It's, it's okay. just, it's, it's coming up, but All right. good resource. I'll check it out. I like to go through the relic checklist and I like to just kind of check out what's there. And then from there I start, uh, kind of using putting my investment hat on and being like, okay, rock stuff, Hogan stuff, Austin, Flair, Undertaker, you know, like these big names, you can go back and find these pieces that it's what you said. It, it's not necessarily just a t-shirt or just a piece of the mat, but like one of my favorites is the piece of the mat from the WrestleMania with the famous Hogan rock main event. Yes. The fact that you can go back and pinpoint some of like, that's one thing Fleer did really well. The tops does not do as well. Uh, they do a little bit, but not like Fleer did that. You can go back and pinpoint. Yeah. It's just a ring mat, but it was specifically used at this event and it'll have pictures of, you know, the two guys of the, of in the match. That's exactly. Yeah. That's, that's a perfect example. Yeah, so this is uh, from the Raw uh, versus SmackDown set. This was the Raw side. So they call these pay-per-view relics. Also, was interesting card design with the top of it. Yeah, it's, it's a die cut. Mm-hmm. 
uh, which I really liked like that, you know, but, you know, this was common back then, you know, too, it was the, the Mattitude stuff where they had ring match stuff. And that, that was, it's all cool too, but. That's also a good, I think that's a cool card design too, the, the Mattitude. Yeah. Well, what was nice about that, again, stuff that you just don't think about that gets done today. They had another version of that that came out from that set where the whole inside is a ring mat, big piece of ring mat with the image of the wrestler printed on printed, the ring yeah. mat. Mm -hmm. And those a, were numbered. Yeah. So, I mean, um, and you have, you, you had some high end stuff at the time too, which was, you know, all those, uh, um, you know, kiss cards now, but these are the first um, that they, did they do the first ones in wrestling? Yes. Yep. And first kiss cards. Be, yep. Right. First kiss cards were ever done for wrestling was done from Fleer as well. Uh, and they had, you had every name, every girl that, uh, did them at the time. So, I mean, you have China is a good example to try and find her stuff. I mean, it's good stuff to find an autograph kit versions of her stuff. Um, uh, you know, Trish and Lita, uh, Jacqueline, uh, Miss Jackie, Ivory, uh, you know, Gail Kim at, at some point in time too, Molly Holly, Terry Reynolds, uh, even first time ever, Stephanie McMahon Helmsley autograph card, yeah. you know, from uh, Diva's private collection, they called it. Uh, that that came out and uh, that's a sweet looking card. It's, it's kind of a grail in some people's uh, collection. First, and, and again, all on card. Yeah, uh, when Tops... Was it Tops or was it TNA that first started doing the stickers? Uh, I know some of the TriStar stuff with TNA because I, I used think to buy. Would, I think it'd be Tops from the 2006 Chrome uh, had that because uh, TNA didn't have theirs until 2008. Okay, yeah, I remember buying a lot of the 2000, a lot of retail blasters of the 2008 uh, TNA stuff. Yeah, because you got an autograph in every, you got the low right. level autograph in every box. Right. Um. So yeah, the the. I, I have some of the relics and the thing that is fun for me is I don't like, there's something about these relics. Like I don't care about the condition. Like uh, I, I did a mail day video a uh, while back and I was, I found a, I, again, I don't even, I don't remember what set it was or anything like that, but it has a piece of the, it's got the rock and mankind and it's got a piece of the rock shirt and a piece of Mick Foley shirt. And on the yeah. Mick Foley shirt, it's white. My, mine is white and there's black on it. Yep. So it, like, I don't know. That's like, from the, uh, that's from the all access set. It's called matchmakers. There you go. So big crease in the back of it, some chipping on the sides, but typical, it doesn't even matter. Flair. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's all about the relic. And that's one thing I just want to emphasize to people. If you're going out and looking at these, obviously get the best condition you can, but um, long-term, I don't think the condition on these relics is going to matter because they're really hard to find from what I've seen, even though they're not numbered. And something else I'll throw out there with the numbered cards. Correct me if I'm wrong, but outside of Action Packed, when they did the Hogan and the Macho, mm -hmm. or the excuse me, the Undertaker and the Macho Man, uh, out of 500 numbered, I think this is the next set to pick that up. Was it not? Uh, numbered wise, yeah, yeah I don't, because they, I don't they remember didn't do it with comic, comic images. images didn't do it. Yeah, no, they didn't do that. It just had the congratulations on the back kind of thing. You you know you have a genuine autograph kind of thing. Uh, then when Flair took over, it's like that. Yeah, it actually had numbered. Now, the difference in that is that Action Pack actually had a serial numbered stamping on it. They were printed that way on it. Right. Whereas uh, the Flair stuff, uh, originally the first couple of releases, they had they were hand numbered. And now what made that kind of eh was uh, you could get replacement. If you had a card that was damaged or something like that, oh. you, could get, you could get a replacement from them and they would send you an unnumbered, an un, you know, hand numbered one. Uh, and then people will just turn around and hand number them. I see. Uh, and on the flip side too, 
they would have stuff that was uh, serial numbered in a later release because they actually be serial numbered on the card itself. Mm -hmm. Then they would send you an unserial number that would be hand numbered. <laughs> it was weird. Okay. Yeah. So I think I think maybe you know if you see if you see some of these that are numbered. I, I, it seems a little bit more risky with the hand numbered stuff. Uh, with and the fact was, that they would also, replace them, there was rumors a lot too that Fleer would say, "Hey, you know, there are we we're aware of the fact that the, a sheet was taken from you know our inventory somehow. It's, I don't know how that ever happens, <laughs> and uh, you know gets put out there because there was like a supposed to be a a, a, ter a Tory. Uh, remember Tory, the one mm -hmm. that was like you know follow around, became a fan of stable and the whole thing." Uh, you know, she didn't sign for a particular release and supposedly there's ones out there that exist of hers that, um, you know, never were supposed to be out. There's also the rumor that, uh, and it, it's been proven that there's that Divas private collections like that, where there's some Lita autograph cards that she didn't sign. Somebody else signed them because they, they got somehow away from Fleer's offices and made their way out into the public and, uh, somebody out there turned around and signed them. So that's, um. It's, now it's the, been, and, they, and, and you say they signed them, meaning like they forged it or they forged it. So yeah. like it, it, it forged Lita's name on it. It's like that. So, you know, some of those I could take them to, to, to Amy herself. And she's like, I didn't sign that. <laughs> and that's why I, that's why I wanted to ask is to get the clarification, because we have seen where sometimes some cards that are unofficial or official that are blank. And then they yep. take them to actual signings and get them signed. Sure. And then, you know, it can get confusing for collectors. So. It can. So it's just, uh, it's why, that's why WTC exists, you know, to archive information and make sure, you know, Hey, this was never put in packs, but if you find one that's been autographed, it, it's not guaranteed genuine by the manufacturer past, present, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, so just kind of buyer beware, use your own, you know, judgment. It just, it happens. So. Last, uh, I guess, set, if you want to call it that was the KB toys. And the whole thing with that is it's all nostalgia to me. It's yep. it's I, I just attach that to going to the toys, going to KB toy store all the time when I was a kid. And just, you know, we talk about nostalgia and collecting and how it drives. So uh, the relics, the 2002 Royal Rumble and the KB toys, that's kind of the highlights for me. What about you? Uh, I'm surprised you didn't like, well, maybe you don't like the designs too much. Right? They did a, a video game set called uh, Smackdown Shut Your Mouth. I have, Which, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with those. Um, they just, I thought it was cool, but I just didn't like these. I just totally gravitated to. Again, it's something else that, you know, Tops did it a little bit here and there where they include like uh, some promos and like DVDs, mm -hmm. like when they had the legend set that was available and the uh, wrestlers, greatest managers, it's like that. Mm -hmm. You can go in there and get that DVD and have like a special, I think three or four card promo set that was available in that. But oftentimes Tops didn't do a whole lot of like, various cool promotional things and different things all over the place at the time yeah. when they first took over maybe they did those things later on but that's also kind of when i stopped collecting myself too so i have to go back and check out the website to re-educate myself <laughs> um but the flair was doing that kind of stuff with magazines and kb toys they had a working relationship with kb toys and uh you know the pay-per-view cards and you know flair was doing a lot of cool things to, to get people to buy you know get into, uh, trading cards you know that's what they wanted to do um, it's hard to buy them when you can't get them to people though True. Very true. Yeah, that's, that's, I think that's what's probably killed him. I think maybe in that yeah. respect. Um, but uh, my favorite sets from them, I love the WrestleMania 20 logo uh, cards because the logos on it. I love that logo. So I like that WrestleMania 20 set. Um, it's just a big, cool logo they had. It was clearly, you knew if you had a regular card or a parallel card, 
Um, and they wrapped that set up. With, first of all, they had cool images in there. There's a kick-ass Ultimo Dragon card in that one. Um, a cool Shawn Michaels card in that one. Um, you know, there's nothing, there's no rookies per se in that one at, at all. But it's just cool designs. And they wrapped up the, that set with, uh, they had the Divas, you know, and set, which was a cool design. And then they had the pay-per-view poster stuff which was kind of cool yeah. to wrap up that like 89, whatever, 87, really some weird card set number. Um, it was just a cool looking card set. I love that card set for some reason. Um, I, I just kind of don't, my favorite of all of them. And uh, moving on to the least favorites, uh, you said the Divas. That first Ultimate Diva one, I wasn't a big fan of that bubble, bubble stuff on there. Um, but it was easy to find out what parallel you got from that one because the, all the bubbles were in gold. Uh, as opposed to being, in, and it's like, you didn't have the roster of women at the time that you do now. Uh, so when you talk about a diva set now or a women's set, they call it now, women's edition, uh, you have a lot more to choose from, a lot of cool women out there to mm -hmm. choose from. And they still pay homage to the, the legends as well, too, in that respect. Um, so you only had like seven, six, seven, eight women you were kind of focusing on. You know, you, you always had Trish, you had Terry, you had Lita. You had Ivory in the beginning. Uh, you'd sprinkle in Miss Jackie. Uh, and then you throw in like, I think in one set you had like, um, uh, oh, what's her name? Linda Miles. Remember her? Shaniqua? No. She was. I, don't. Uh, I had to think uh, about it and I was like, nope, no, I don't. She, she was, uh, I think, a tough enough winner. I think she won. It's like that. That's probably she, she why was, I don't. Yeah, kind of like if you blinked, you missed her kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then uh, later on, when they got Sable came back, they had Sable in there as well. And then you had Gail Kim and Molly Holly. And so Molly Holly was in the early ones too. But um, you just didn't have a you didn't have a roster of women like you do now. Uh, so it was repeat. You know, card number one be Trish, then two, three, four, five, six be different women, and then Trish again, and then two, three, and then Trish again. And so it just kind of repeated itself a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and the images they use, you can clearly tell most it was all from the same photo shoots. So That's it's kind of lazy. Yeah. It's Trish doing this and it's Trish doing this and it's Trish. It's, it's all the same stuff. You know, it's just, it was kind of a lazy set. Like you said. Yeah. So you went after that for the, for the chase. You went after that for the, um, uh, all the different, uh, different chase they had in there, the autographs and, and the memorabilia. Uh, for least favorite for me, I like, I don't know that this is even fair uh, to, to make the statement, but like, it's just a lot of the base set stuff. Like, um, you know, unless you're like, it's just me as a collector. Like I like the quote player collector, not a set collector. Um, I think another thing, well, I'll save this statement for when we're talking about our closing thoughts on it. But um, I think there are chase cards, but then I have to wonder like how much, of, not, not how much of a chase is it, but what's the demand for the chase. And I think on some of this stuff, there's, there's not a demand outside of the, uh, wrestling card completists out there that you know unless well, unless you're looking for those grail pieces of like those really limited ones like uh you know the uh, hurricane Mask oh i'm not card, no no i'm not counting that i'm not counting okay. that stuff i'm talking okay. about like just the just the base sets base set okay yeah like within those base sets okay let's let me rephrase well, it, it like, doesn't hurt to go back and get a parallel like the rock a parallel card no 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 but that's again like um how many times have we you know, I mean, look at 2021 Chrome. Look at the base set. It's really yeah. nice looking. There's sure. a lot of good names. There's a lot of good imagery. 
And for some of this stuff, I almost think it's what you just said about the photo shoot for Trish. Like some of it just seemed lazy. Like let's just throw it out there. Uh, Let's not get too creative with the designs. Excuse me. But then like the relics are a whole different topic. And it's like they went above and beyond to try and make really good relic cards. So that's probably, I mean, I guess I can agree with that. They kind of focused on just uh, their higher end stuff uh, from that product and as opposed to the base set. Um, but that's why I love WrestleMania 20 set so much because I think it's just cool imaging uh, images. A lot of, for, I'm not a fan of in ring action type thing shots for the most part. Yeah, same. Uh, but that particular set, I liked all that in that set for the most part. I liked the, the selection they used for Eddie Guerrero's Frog Splash. I liked uh, the Kurt Angle, you know, doing, you know, the, the, the ankle locks like that. It was, a, it was just a cool looking design really made the image of the card pop for me. That makes sense. And then they, and they chose some good stuff. Like there's some really like, I'm not the big Ultimo Dragon fanatics like that, but that card is so killer looking with him. Just like the background, the blow up and the, and then Shawn Michaels, you know, doing that. I mean, it's just, just a yeah. great, great shot they chose for that. That's why I love that set so much. But yeah, I think the base sets as a whole across the board is probably yeah, pretty lazy. Although I, I did kind of like in um, uh, Raw versus SmackDown, they would put the facsimile autographs on them. You know, it's like that's kind of a cool little touch, I thought. Yeah, and I've always uh, I've always liked the trying to get the facsimile auto cards autographed. So it's yeah. like you have the auto and the facsimile auto. <laughs> I'd always thought that was just a cool touch, but. Um, I think we covered quite a lot of ground today. So if you guys are liking this, make sure to subscribe and leave us a good review on whatever platform you're listening to this to before we get any further. Um, so thoughts on going forward within, obviously there was only a three year, well, 2001 to 2004 run of the FLIR product. Uh, they put a lot you, of good stuff too, which by yeah. the way, on a side note, just so you know, in 2004, they put out Divas 2005. Okay, I, I think that was their last release, if I'm not mistaken. The last release they ever put out, I think. Um, that was at the time. This now this predates before that Ric Flair one of wherever, you know, one of one so far, WCW autograph card showed yeah. up. Um I get the distinction at the time of having the highest selling wrestling card on eBay at the time that I'm aware of. So someone can listen to this and correct me if I'm wrong. But we're talking 2004, all right. Um I pulled a Trish Stratus one of five. Uh, it was an autograph relic card. So there was number to five and I pulled number five of five and I sold that on eBay for uh, $1,600 and something dollars at the time. So, oh, that's still good. And that was a very high, I paid for my whole case plus, right. you know? Um, and so that was a really, I was like super stoked. And I think it wasn't that long afterwards, that many months or years afterwards where that Ric Flair showed up. Yeah. Uh, um, so but that was that was pretty high end at the time. I mean, that's still a good number for a wrestling card today. Yeah, and I like, think that I'm curious to know if anybody out there knows because I maybe I can go do my own homework, I guess, and find out if any of those particular cards to this day are circulating on the secondary market and what they're getting getting now. You know, I like I should talk to Paul and see if he's seen these, and you know, maybe the prices need to be changed. I don't know. I, I you just used a perfect segue to get into this about kind of where these cards are going. And you talked about, you know, doing research on the secondary market. Um, Unless there's some people being covert, no one's doing that because like I just outside of the big four rookie cards and then occasionally trying to check uh, track down a knee brace 
or a mask card just because of the allure of what those cards are. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? I don't see anyone talking about the Fleer era of cards, really. No, they don't. Out of those, those cards, I mean, there's certain autographs. I mean, Jesus, you guys, I guess if you talk uh, 2001, wouldn't that be the year like Trish Stratus rookie era? No. No, she, well, nah, she came out with, uh, she was in, in the uh, comic images set, wasn't she? No, she was in, no, she was in our box set 2001 as well. That motion. So if you set. count 2001 as the year, you'd have to count that too. Yeah. The Flair so, set. Yeah. I mean, outside of the big four from the Royal Rumble set, looking for significant long-term, like mean something type of thing to the, to the hobby. I can't think of anything either. It's like that. I just, I like that era of cards just because it was a cool era. I was really heavily, for me, it brings me back now to a time when I was still kind of watching a lot. I was still very much into the product uh, on TV, but I was a heavy collector. And so to have it takes me back to that time frame, like going out looking for pieces. Nostalgia. Nostalgia right there going out again. It wasn't, it wasn't so much because of what was on TV is because I was a collector and I had to go out and collect all that stuff. And so I was constantly using eBay, going to LCSs, judge, uh, checking out, uh, you know, any local uh, mm-hmm. convention that was going on and going to Comic-Con San Diego to see if anybody had wrestling cards. Uh, but I was also heavy into you know, other non-sports then too. I was doing, you know, Buffy and Playboy and Star Wars cards. So I was looking for things that, comic-con san diego and other things besides just wrestling and i would stumble upon promo cards i never saw before for like art box or something like that whatever but um it's just an era of wrestling that i really enjoyed an era of wrestling collecting that i enjoyed so when i see those cards i go eh, ultimate diva collection not so much my favorite one obviously but i still remember when i was going after all that stuff it was fun yeah um obviously the big four we've we've talked about it several times on here i think that's going to be the the, the Fleer cards that stand out for wrestling. But By far. in my opinion, relic cards are way better. I think relic cards, they, I think are, I think they're, again, I keep saying the grossly undervalued episode after episode after episode. <laughs> so I have to come up with better things. Well, uh, people should probably take notice too. And, you know, let's, let's get the market on fire. Yeah. I just, I think that from an investment standpoint, whatever your flavor is, there's a lot out there to go after. Fleer brought out a lot of cool things in the autographs because don't forget they're on card signatures, which is at the time, nobody was doing that on card. Um, Two, the relics and memorabilia cards offered some really cool designs, really cool matchups like the matchmaker stuff mm-hmm. with you know there's a kurt angle uh you know piece of the milk carton card the milk cart, yeah that's a i mean there's too many of the original ideas for relics that we we'd be here talking about it all show yeah like it, when we talk about like you know doing like this is your card like what well, could be a great card to make so I, Fleer had a lot of ideas already like i would do what yeah. Fleer did for this guy <laughs> that's yes. what i would have done um there's not a whole lot that they more you can go through and say man i wish flair would have done that but they they covered a lot of ground man they 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 took a lot of pieces of things and turned them into cool relic cards with like we said trash cans milk carton ribbons uh tables and even uh, the uh, steel chairs even the basic stuff like just a plain piece of ring mat that we all take for granted sure in in this set 
uh, well, first off, do you remember any ring mat cards prior to that? Because I don't. I remember the ringside rarity with Hogan and WCW, and then but that but that was, but that it, was it. The, na- the name said ringside rarity, but it was a T-shirt. It wasn't a piece right. of the ring. <laughs> right. So as far as I know, Fleer is the first person to put out or first company to put out. Yes. You know this, but not only that, it's it's pieces of the mat that you can then go back and track to like iconic matches in wrestling history. It, it would tell you where it came from. Right. And you can so, own a piece of those. For example, that part, I showed you that one right there. It says on the back, this card contains a piece of authentic event use ring mat used at WrestleMania 18 in Toronto, Canada on March 17, 2002 by Kurt Angle and Kane. And, be- and right there becomes a memorabilia play, not a card play. But not, but they didn't do that with everything. No, no. But because uh, the, I have this ring yeah. mat right here, just says congratulations, you own a right. piece of like extra ring mat we've had a thousand pieces of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but right. it, it's it, they did take a lot of attention to detail and things like that for some stuff, and um, you know, not you're not going to hit a home run every release. Some releases are better than others, obviously. But for the most part, you know, Fleer had some really cool, innovative things that no one was doing at the time. And quite honestly, haven't been really done since. Yeah. Tops has had a couple of those, um, you know, event specific things where, hey, you got it from here. This is where it took place. But they're not paying attention to the detail. like Or or, or, a, or a weird thing like, you know, here's an A.G. Lee piece of her teddy bear or something like mm-hmm. that. Or, you know, here's like, uh, what did they have like? what uh cm punk's ring trunks or something like that one time or something like that or was it wrist tape yeah i don't remember it was something off the beaten path something that that, wasn't a t-shirt or or or, you know and and it's different because a lot of the accusations about t-shirt stuff like that it's like oh well they put it on and they took it right off kind of thing Mm -hmm. oh it's now it's been worn kind of thing you know um where fleer had a lot of cool stuff that you don't see in the top frog where a lot of times throughout a lot of the releases and i would know because i used to have a lot of it they would have a piece of the ring mat that had blood spots on it. That's cool. Which was, you know, that's, you're not going to see that not no. anymore. Not at all. And with that triple MH off the mat graph I had, it was, it was probably almost all covered in blood <laughs> and, and, and just, and it had the H H H, you know, the game on it's like that. And like, in retrospect, man, I really wish I should have kept that, but you know, we'd have lives that yeah. sometimes you need the money back. and you do it. Yeah. You can't no. look back, but it was a really cool piece that I was so happy to have. And I think I, that's the image we actually end up using for WTC checklist, which will be back up. We're working on the images. Don't worry, guys. We're working <laughs> on images, working on it, working on it. Um, but yeah, Fleer put out some great stuff, man. I, I, again, I could talk forever about Fleer. I could talk about the things they, you know, they advertise and didn't list. They would advertise things like uh, championship clash had a lot of cool things or some uh, mock-up sheets existing out there right now that would show you designs of things that they were planning on doing. Like, they had a series called Peace of the Champion, and they even have one for China that they never made. Um, that set also had offered for the first time only, and it never transpired, but they had a, uh, um, a redemption card that if you found it, only 50 existed, uh, you got a replica belt. You could send it in for a replica belt. That's but cool. They never honored yeah. that because they never got belts. Right. So there's a lot of, you know, legal things and, 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 uh, hoops you have to jump through when you have the license for wwe uh to yeah we'll go ahead and do that for you you put out something for it. okay we don't have them we'll put a redemption because wwe said we'll do it and then they turn around and say ah, we're not giving it to you oh jesus christ now we got stuff in the pack out there that we can't actually right. redeem you know yeah so and anybody listening to this if you're going to go after some of the older stuff looking for say you are a fan of ultimate diva collection or say you are a fan of something please be aware 
that a lot of that stuff was, there's a lot of pieces in that that were done by redemption only. And that's a long since expired. You know, we're going to get them. Um, you know, they did it for all access had redemptions. I think that, I think that's a good PSA for anybody that's opening sealed wax. Cause I've seen a lot of people going like, sorry to cut you off and do a sidebar, but I had to say it. I see a lot of people doing that with the comic images stuff and they're going to get a redemption in there and they're going to be very disappointed. But it's, it's my understanding is that uh, originally I was under the impression from what my conversations with, with conversation with comic images was, Oh, it's all redemption. So yeah, we just kind of randomly choose when you send a redemption who you're going to get. But then I'm hearing from people who actually pulled stuff out of, you know, that was for superstars, by the mm-hmm. way, superstars only. I had heard that, um, you know, people were actually pulling autographs out of the pack. I've heard both, but I think, you know, people think that they've got a shot at the rock auto, which I don't know, maybe they do, but um, I don't know. recall anybody ever. I mean, somebody can correct me if, you're, if I'm wrong, but then again, it's also just hearsay. Yeah. Uh, I don't wrestling. recall anybody <laughs> actually. Yeah. I don't recall anybody actually saying, yeah, I pulled my rock autograph out of a pack. I, I just don't think they were put in certain packs. I could be wrong on that. I could be wrong. I do know that I've twice in my life, have hit an autograph redemption out of those. And that's the only way I got those out of packs. Everything else that I got was on the secondary market. Well, I think we've covered quite a bit of the flare topics today. Uh, I think there's definitely some cards that I'm not going to say undervalue. I'll just say like under the radar, underappreciated. Like there's some True. huge cards out there that not from a necessarily a monetary perspective now, but from a like, like just originality. It's the first of its kind. Fleer did a lot of amazing stuff outside of those big four rookie cards. So any kind of closing words as we get out of here today on the no, Fleer I'm, stuff? No, I'm interested because the Fleer era is very near and dear to me, along with comic images and art box. That whole era from 98 through 2005 is sort of like my wheelhouse right there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it's just, um, I'm always interested in hearing other people's feedback. So I don't think we, we, we've been asking more and more on these episodes to hear people's feedback, but, and I think we should, really start doing that more between you and I, because we've been doing it, making sure we do that. Uh, I'm really interested in hearing people's comments. So, you know, tweet us, uh, Instagram, whatever your platform is for social media, get on there. Tell us what you thought about this episode. Tell us what, Hey, I like this Fleer stuff. This is what I like. This was part of my PC. This is, uh, this is the relic stuff. I like, I like the matching set from ultimate diva, or I like the, uh, uh, you know, pay-per-view moment thing from, from, you know, raw versus SmackDown or whatever it is that you liked. I love hearing people's stuff talk about, especially that era, because it's kind of my thing, you know? Uh, and I want to hear it. I want to hear what you like about it. What, what didn't you like? What was it? the crappiest set from them? I want to hear it all. I want to piggyback on what you said as far as like reaching out to us. You know, we're making content for you, the viewers, the listeners. We want to know what you want to hear, what you like, what you don't like, what we can do better. And get involved with us on all the social platforms. Uh, we're, me and Tony have started dabbling with the Twitter spaces for just kind of, you know, if we want to just hop on and talk to you guys, uh, you're welcome to join us for random topics. We're just trying to get more involvement with the wrestling car community around our content and what we're doing. And I'm hoping you guys are enjoying this stuff and hoping you will continue to show us support. Speaking of that, Tony, tell everybody where they can find you. Wrestlingtradingcards.com. Wow. I keep it simple, man. I keep it real simple. <laughs> I, I just tell everything is there. I, I am a firm believer that if you're, I'm not that WTC is a business, uh, but if you're a business and you, you have a website, that is your home base that everybody yes. on the globe can get a hold of you. You don't rely like, oh, my home base is Facebook or my home base is Twitter or my home base is, you know, whatever. You sort of 
segregating people who don't follow and use those things. So everybody has access to a website. So I just say, you, you know, pick your poison. You, you like to be on Facebook, go to WTC, click on the Facebook icon, go there. You're, no, you don't like Facebook? Want to go to Instagram? Go to Instagram. You know, I, I don't cover all the platforms. You cover a lot more platforms than I do. I don't do, uh, was it Snapchat? I don't do uh, <laughs> TikTok. I, I don't do TikTok. I don't, my wife's addicted to it right now. Everyone is. Um, I, I, I'm just not into those things. I just don't, I, I'm one man and I know how mm. to spread myself any thinner than I already am. This is why I'm not a big person. I'm very thin. Person. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, just go to wrestlingtradingcards.com and you can find every way to get, get in contact with me. If you have information about checklists, um, if you feel like you're a specialist on a particular FLIR release, like, hey, this is me. I, I know everything there is to know about. Like this was, this was my bread and butter, man. I was, a, I was a big absolute divas collector. Send me the information, man. Send me stuff. I want to I want to make sure it's represented and it's accurately put out there because in the end, people learn from this. They get educated from it. They know what they have, what they're looking for. And keep in mind for you investors who are going to grading the PSA, Beckett, SGC. I know they're all using us now. So they're all using us as reference points to, hey, this is legit. It's on WTC. Let's slap it. Yep. Um, you can find everything I'm doing if you want to go social route at Zan morning on pretty much all the social platforms, wrestling with cards on YouTube, wrestling with cards, the podcast. And of course this show you're listening to now, which is always one of the more fun, creative things that we can always count on some good conversation. And once again, as far as conversation goes, reach out to us. Um, it, it takes two seconds to retweet what we're doing or like it or hit the reply button or even DM us. Like we're available. We want to keep the Whoa. conversation going. <laughs> I swear to God, man, I swear no one ever messages me for anything at all. And I'm not opposed to that. Like I want to engage, but uh, no one never, never asked me for my advice. Really. I mean, no one ever asked me for, and I'm cool with that. That's fine. You know, I, I you know, they look at you cause you, you, you come across from different perspectives of things and invest, things like that. And uh, yeah, but I don't, I don't run the world's biggest wrestling training card site. So you'd think they'd go they, to you, but they, uh, they, they all either the two things they want to know is my what's my stuff worth and uh <laughs> where can i find it where can i sell it <laughs> uh that's pretty much it so and that's when i get messages I, otherwise i really don't um but I, I i don't mind i encourage you to reach out if i don't know i usually go to zan i go to zan and ask him for stuff if it's uh vintage stuff it, it falls in that all-stars wheelhouse i go to peck i go to england i ask them because they're the experts at that if it's a pricing issue, I say, go to Paul's website, man. It's a guide to start you. I mean, obviously there's eBay. You can use that and kind of do it engaging yourself. Sure. But, um, you know, um, our website also has links to other places you can go to buy things, uh, you know, our, other places for information. Um, so we try to have everything in one, one spot. Thank you guys for listening. Again, we greatly appreciate your support since day one for those of you who have been with us for, you know, since day one or for those of you if this is your first time listening thank you please subscribe and leave us a review on whatever popular podcast platform you're listening on there's a lot of them out there uh, make sure to share the show with a friend again it takes two seconds to retweet or copy and paste the link send it to a friend send it to a wrestling fan send it to someone that you think might find some of the content that we produce interesting but until next time thank you guys for listening we'll see you oh.